Uh, to kick things off on this uh, Friday, let's welcome in uh, Jason Chapman from the 640 Newsroom, who has uh, been monitoring, uh, watching this uh, story. It's a bit of a bizarre story involving uh, the city, cinder blocks, and uh, what we think is some sort of pot shop, Jason? It is. We've just confirmed it is an illegal pot dispensary that was operating on a side street near Young and Bloor. The exact street is St. Nicholas Street. Uh, so anyways, it's been fascinating watching this. This all comes from a post that was put up on Reddit. People, average people love to post to Reddit. And this one sort of caught fire. It caught my eye. So let me paint the picture. Okay. It's a newish sort of three-level or two-level condo. But it's one of these condos that have at the main level of the street a workspace. So you can live above, work below. Gotcha. Okay? All right. That's the sort of place we're looking at. So... So are these, sorry, like commercial things, uh, like kind of like, well, the building across the street from us here at Chorus Key has got like a bank and it's got like a Starbucks and that sort of thing in the bottom? These are just smaller versions. This is individual. They almost look like homes, except the main level looks like a storefront. Okay. People live above them. So incredible shot on Reddit showing and suggesting that police came in and boarded up this building because it was an illegal pot dispensary. And that just sort of raised a bunch of question marks. But let me paint the picture. You're looking at about a dozen massive cinder blocks, six feet, seven feet long, three feet wide. A machine had to put these in place. I was going to say like some sort of front-end loader, some sort of bobcat, uh, big heavy-duty machinery obviously was involved here. Correct. So the Reddit poster suggested police did this. Uh, It turns out that wasn't the case. So we've done some digging. And I think we should bring in our guest now. It's uh, Director of Investigative Services for Municipal Licensing and Bylaws Standards. Uh, that's a fancy way of saying the guy who enforces bylaws and oversees all the people who enforce okay. bylaws in Toronto. Uh, Mark Schrager. Schrager. Mark oh. Schrager joins us uh, here on the line. Uh, Mark, uh, good afternoon. How are you, sir? Good afternoon. How are you? We're well. I appreciate you uh, joining us. Uh, can you fill us in here as to uh, how these uh, big concrete, these big cinder blocks got in front of the storefront? Yeah, so this was an illegal storefront, and we had done an initial enforcement action at this location several weeks ago, and we had employed some of our more conventional uh, barring of entry um, methodologies that we use on these illegal storefronts. Um, we were operating under the authority of the Provincial Cannabis Control Act, which allows us to do that. Um, the operators chose to ignore that. A, we issued a closure order, and then they broke through the uh, what we had done to secure the property from being used again as an illegal storefront. Okay, what had you done, um, sorry, there originally? Uh, well, we secured the doors. I don't want to get into all our, our sort of enforcement methodologies and tools, but we had secured the doors so that you couldn't just open the door and they uh, couldn't, you know, they, we change the locks and we do other things to physically secure the doors. They in fact broke through an interior drywall partition in from another area inside the building to gain access once again to this store. And we're found, we went back uh, when we became aware that they appeared to be operating again, we went back and conducted another inspection confirmed in fact they were selling cannabis illegally from that location so when we went back on may the 25th we then employed a more significant enforcement action and that being that we placed those concrete blocks in front of the entrance to the building all right can you explain to us uh, how that happens i mean do you have to rent uh, like bobcats we were mentioning front end loaders uh, heavy duty machinery to move these in 
those blocks were actually we we employ a contractor to do it for us and they brought they were delivered on a flatbed truck that had its own crane mounted on it and they placed the blocks yeah is this a first uh, for the city uh, mark uh, have you done this uh, before somewhere else no, this was actually the first location where we had employed this type of methodology. Uh, we then did, uh, a few days later, we did another illegal storefront where uh, we also placed uh, concrete blocks in front of the doors to prevent unauthorized entry into those premises. Mark, I've got a couple of questions for you. The first sure. one is, is, let me start with an easy one. Why didn't the police do this? Usually we hear police raid illegal pot dispensaries. Why not this case? So we have been, um, when the provincial uh, legislation came into effect, it allowed for uh, others to be designated to have the same enforcement authorities as the police under the Cannabis Control Act. So municipal licensing and standards, we had some of our officers receive that provincial designation. And this makes sense. It's a shifting of police are there with us. They're in partnership with us, but it's not tying up crucial police resources when, in fact, our bylaw officers could carry out the same uh, authorities and actions. And it's, I think, a more effective and efficient use of all our resources to deal with these illegal cannabis stores. So the question is going to be asked, isn't this just too heavy-handed? You've literally boarded up a a storefront. What do you say to those who say this is heavy-handed? Well, we when. We do an initial action and we secure the doors in a more traditional manner and the operators knowingly and to go to great lengths to break through those barriers to continue operating an illegal operation. But let's not let's not mince words here. These are really just drug dealers working from a brick and mortar location. They're they're selling drug uh, cannabis illegally. They're selling not just dried cannabis but other forms, edibles, oils and other forms of cannabis. There's a health risk to the public. I've said this repeatedly. I know others have. If you're buying edibles and you have no idea of the source, the quality, the safety of it, and at the end of the day, the people profiting from this, are it's a criminal element. Sure, but Mark, uh, sorry to interrupt, but let me ask you this. Uh, why is the city so concerned about this now? Is it uh, because it's now cutting into uh, city coffers, into uh, tax uh, dollars? Uh, you know, there's been these dispensaries that have been operating uh, for some time now. Why is the city prepared to go to these sort of links? So, first of all, the city has no financial stake in terms of uh, we don't get anything from the legal pot stores operating. But we know historically when we had at one point we had well over 90 illegal cannabis stores operating in the city um, prior to uh, the legalization on October 17th. We are not going to allow that situation to occur once again. So we're going to be more proactive. The provinces saw in their wisdom, thankfully, to put in place the necessary enforcement tools to allow for this. Because if the only enforcement we could do, which in the past was laying a fines. That is no deterrent. When when these illegal stores are making thirty to fifty thousand dollars a day in some locations, a fine is not going to be a deterrent. They'll just see that as a cost of doing business. But let me ask you this, Mark. So for eight months, and I only talk about myself because I think it's relevant. Is for eight months I worked for a city councilor, and yeah. bylaws are broken in the city. Like council keeps passing bylaws, they're broken daily, and they're egregious bylaws that are broken. I'll take the example of rooming houses that are set up illegally across the city, and my neighbor could have a rooming house, and I know that people called 
our office, the city councilor's office, saying, do something about this illegal rooming house. But bylaw enforcement officers go knock on the door. They say, stop. But they're legally not allowed to go into the house and do anything. So my long-winded question is, is will you deploy this tactic to enforce other bylaws, Mark? Bylaws, I understand growing pot illegally can be a nuisance, but there's lots of nuisances caused by people breaking bylaws. So do you hope to take this method further and use it in more cases? So, and I can speak to the illegal rooming house situation because my officers also enforce that. I guess first and foremost, when it comes to housing and that, we're not looking to de-house people first and foremost because there's already a challenge enough with affordable housing for people, uh, and especially if there's a vulnerable sector of our population that are dependent upon that form of housing. We want to make sure they're compliant and they're safe. Um, We don't have, and you know, there's other bylaws we enforce that do allow us to go in, in fact, under property standards, for instance, if somebody's not maintaining their property to the property standards that the bylaws require, we can do the work for them and place it on their property taxes, waste and debris on a private property. If somebody has a junk heap in their yard and we do this, we will go and do the work for them. Long grass and weed, if you don't cut your grass and maintain it to the minimum eight inch or to the maximum eight inch height, we will ultimately come through with our contractors and do it. So we already do do that type of enforcement. The example you provided in terms of the um, illegal rooming house, that's a very complex matter. And that we can't go in and just de-house people, nor do we want to. We want to make it safe and we want to, you know, we're working and it's been discussed at length. The city is working to create more affordable housing types. So that's, that's a bit of a, a more of a challenging discussion okay. to have. And Mark, just a final question before we let you go. Yeah. Uh, is this something that the, the city, it's uh, well within uh, their purview and their rights? Has this been written into a bylaws that you can take this sort of uh, extraordinary step? Uh, you mentioned this is the first time that uh, we've seen this. Or do you expect uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, a, a lawsuit or be taken to, to court uh, by the, the people that own this uh, shop for this action? Yeah, so it's actually it's the provincial legislation, the Cannabis Control Act, that gives us the authority to close these illegal stores and do a barring of entry. The methodology of how we achieve that is at our discretion, and again, it's progressive. We do a barring of entry, and if somebody is going to physically break through the 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 what we've done, break through doors, we've had one one illegal storefront where they cut through with a a, a steel door we that was installed. That's how to the lengths they'll go. So if they're going to go and break through our initial efforts, we will then take more drastic efforts. And this is one of those more drastic efforts we've taken. But because it's, it's, it's in reaction to what the operators did after we closed them initially, when they're cutting through drywall partitions and breaking through walls to regain entry and then breaking open the doors so they can start selling again, then we are going to take a more significant action like we did here. So they're ugly, Mark. When are these coming down? They are ugly. <laughs> they are ugly. And we did, in fact, engage with the property, the, the condominium board, the property management firm, because this is a condominium, to make sure that they were in agreement with the actions we are going to be taking. We will take them down when the matter is disposed of in court because the, under the legislation, that's it. They, the barring of entry stays in place until. The so, in other words, they're forward. up there for some time. Then, wow, <laughs> they're going to be up there for some. And again, it's also because the occupiers of that unit have shown no interest in coming to compliance. All right, they are still actually 
trying to actively sell from that location. Mark Schraga with us, uh, Director of Investigative Services for the City of Toronto. Mark, thank you so much. Really appreciate the time. My pleasure.